today on CityCast Denver. What happens when you call 911, but instead of a police officer, a mental health clinician shows up? We're really not bound by a bunch of rules and regulations. We can kind of do whatever we need to solve the problem in that moment. One year and 1,400 calls later, a pilot program replacing cops with clinicians has driven people to shelters, given out food, water, and clothing, connected people with follow-up care, and not one person has been arrested. I'm out there every day not to appease somebody sitting in an office, but to make sure that the members of our community are getting a trauma-informed response. Today is Tuesday, June 1st. I'm Paul Caroli, filling in for Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Let's take a look at the news. We're looking at a 30% chance of more rain this afternoon, but apart from that, it should be mostly sunny with a high around 72. The top story today is a development in the Tay Anderson saga. A DPS parent testified on Friday that 62 people, primarily students who are undocumented or DACA recipients, have shared a range of stories with her about a, quote, sexual predator within the district. The allegations were later connected to Tay, and they come two months after DPS started an investigation into a similar allegation made against the DPS board member in March. Tay is denying everything and says he expects to be back to his usual day-to-day work soon. There's some good news coming out of DPS too, though. The district has announced they'll be serving only meals cooked 100% from scratch next school year. That's thanks to a new deal with a company that brings professional chefs into school districts across the country. And the best part? This program is grant-funded, so meal prices are staying right where they are. We're going to talk about the STAR program today. But first, Bree, this is your last day with us before your maternity leave. And uh, you just talked to a really interesting person named Carly Ceylon. Can we start with her? Can you tell me about her? So back in 2018, I was hosting a live podcast called Hello Denver, Are You Still There? I knew I wanted to have a conversation about mental health and policing. And a friend at the Harm Reduction Action Center said I had to talk to Carly. We talked on the phone last week for 10 minutes, but we did. Yeah, give Carly a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Carly's a mental Thank health Carly was awesome. So down to earth, friendly, and even keel for someone who works as a mental health clinician. She told me about what was then a new project where she, a licensed clinical social worker, was being paired with police to respond to 911 calls. At the time, this was a really cool new idea for Denver. Like, Yeah, let's not put police in positions they're not trained to handle, like mental health crises. Since then, I've watched as the co-responder program evolved into the Support Team Assisted Response, or STAR program. Through STAR, Carly and her colleagues are responding to some of those same 911 calls with paramedics instead of police. STAR has by all accounts been an enormous success. It was inspired by a similar program out of Eugene, Oregon called CAHOOTS, and has now been around for almost exactly a year and still has led to no arrests. That's zero arrests out of almost 1,400 911 calls that could have otherwise gone to law enforcement. So I was excited to talk to Carly again and hear what it's actually been like answering these calls for a year and what she hopes for the future of STAR. Carly, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. You've been with the STAR program since its inception, uh, and I know that we're coming up on the one-year anniversary of the pilot program. Can you talk about what made you want to get involved with STAR? 
In 2016, we stood up our co-responder program that pairs a licensed mental health clinician with a Denver police officer. And running those calls with DPD, we really recognize that a lot of the calls coming in through the 911 system don't require a law enforcement response. They're more public health in nature. They're calls about community resources. And we really started thinking about how we could reroute those calls to a more appropriate team and take them off DPD's plate. And I was actually doing, you know, when you and I last saw each other, where was that? At, at oh, at Mutiny? Mutiny Information Cafe. Yeah. yeah. Somebody in the audience asked me if I'd ever heard about Cahoots. My question is if you're, um, I was wondering, one, if you're familiar with the Cahoots program in Eugene, Oregon. For me, the Cahoots program is my ideal model. Could you educate me on that oh, program yeah. a bit? Oh, yeah. So Cahoots is a... So strangely enough, it was kind of our last meeting together that put the idea in my head and learned a bit about Cahoots and and thought it really made sense for Denver and kind of as the 2.0 version of our co-responder program. I'm so glad you could connect with Cahoots because that was the first time I had heard about that program as well at the show. And yeah, it was so it was such a cool serendipitous moment. I, I was just you took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say it's a little serendipitous that we're chatting a year into the pilot. And really, um, the first time I had heard about Cahoots was at, you know, one of your uh, events. <laughs> yeah. Can you explain what Cahoots is in relationship to Star? Cahoots pairs an EMT basic with a mental health worker out in Eugene. And when we were developing the pilot, we kind of landed on a Denver Health Paramedic and a licensed clinician from Mental Health Center at Denver. And and that's interesting because you started, like you were saying, with the co-responder program, which is where you were riding along with police officers. But the STAR program doesn't use police interaction as its first when you first connect with folks or at all, right? No, um, it's just the medic and the clinician on the van. One thing that we really learned is that, you know, DPD is really hungry for programs like this. About 30% of our calls are DPD showing up on scene first, recognizing that the call doesn't require um, a police response and calling for STAR to take over the call. I constantly get asked, when are we getting more vans? This is great. You know, you guys are more equipped to handle these calls. You can deal with them faster and more appropriately. So that was really encouraging. We have fire and EMS and police for more emergent needs. We have co-responders when there's a more high-risk, high-acuity situation that's dealing with mental health crisis. And now we have STAR to take on all those um, additional calls when people just call 911 and need help. Can you walk us through how a call works? How does someone get connected to STAR? We kind of wanted like a no wrong door um, idea as far as STAR goes. So there's a STAR number that you can call, 720-913-STAR, Monday through Friday, 10 to 6. But the dispatchers are also trained that if someone calls uh, police non-emergency or 911, they have a decision tree on the dispatch side that they use to assign response. And if that call meets criteria for STAR, we'll be dispatched. So even if you don't know to ask for STAR, request for STAR, uh, you can still get a STAR response if your situation's appropriate. And what kind of criteria would a call need to be connected with STAR? Stars responding to low risk, low acuity 911 calls. So no, you know, weapon present. We're responding to things like welfare checks, uh, someone who needs a ride to shelter, individuals who are in behavioral health 
crisis. We've responded to a lot of calls kind of surrounding low-level depression and anxiety around COVID and um, all the things that come along with that. You know, we've responded to calls where, you know, it comes in as indecent exposure, but it's really just an unhoused member of our community changing clothes in an alley. Can you walk us through what a regular incident looks like step by step, like just an example of a call, what you would do, how things go? We carry radios. So they raise us on the radio and let us know where we're going and what the situation is. We arrive at that location and the star vans kind of, you know, it doesn't have blue and red lights. It is stripped of kind of everything, all city insignia. We wear street clothes, so we look pretty, you know, approachable, I'd like to think, and just, you know, ask them what's going on and how we can help. And, you know, we'll sit on the curb or in the park or in someone's home or wherever we we might be and just, you know, approach them from kind of a non-judgmental, trauma-informed standpoint, right? I want to hear what's going on. I want them to be able to tell me in their own words, you know, what the issue is. And then get to problem solving, whether that's transporting someone to a place that they need to go, uh, shelter or uh, urgent care or whatever that might be, or even just home if they need a ride home. And we'll take them in the van and offer them a snack and water. And if someone needs, you know, more more support, they're dealing with suicidal ideations or PTSD, I'll sit in the back of the van with them and chat with them while we're uh, transporting them and just make sure that they get connected to the appropriate resources so that they're not popping up on the 911 radar. I think, you know, another thing we quickly learned was that we had to carry supplies on the van. Um, We now have things like sweatpants, harm reduction supplies, like safe injection supplies, condoms, socks, gloves, and hand warmers in the winter. We're really not bound by a bunch of rules and regulations. We can kind of do whatever we need to solve the problem in that moment. And I really love that flexibility. And is there any sort of follow-up that STARS able to do? You know, with mental health stuff, sometimes it's a week later or making making sure someone's connected to services that they're able to reconnect with after you have left the scene. What kinds of things can you guys all do with, with when it comes to follow-up? We have contacts at the VA, um, Colorado Coalition for the Homeless, you know, wherever uh, you may be receiving services, we can just call and put them on the phone with their treatment provider um, and reconnect them and make sure they're getting a follow-up appointment set up or someone's able to come outreach them. And then luckily, uh, we were able to add a case management element to our co-responder program last year. So we can tap in those case managers to go back out and follow up with somebody next day. Uh, if they need a little more case management help or service connection. And I imagine sometimes these situations can be pretty tense. And have there been any incidents where you've worried about your own safety? We get that question a lot when we've run almost 1,400 calls in the past year, um, have not called for police backup once. I think it's important to remember, because this is something that comes up when when you talk about civilian response, is like, well, are they safe? I think if someone's, you know, upset or having a bad day, that's not personal. That's not directed towards me, right? Um, and I can support them and, and de-escalate and try to let them know that we're there to help. And that oftentimes is very disarming, you know, when someone um, is maybe be escalating. But, you know, I think our decision tree is working well. We're not showing up to calls where, you know, it's it's kind of over our heads and we're not prepared to handle it. And this is our work. This is our our population and and my people and the people that I've worked with for a long time. So, um no, I I haven't worried about my safety. 
And it sounds like just from the places that you maybe are are working with, you're dealing with a lot of our unhoused community members. Yeah. So uh, the pilot program is centered in Police District 6, which is our downtown corridor and a bit of South Broadway as well. We uh, focused on District 6 because it it really has the highest call volume for these type of calls. So we wanted to make sure that we put the pilot in a place where it was really needed. So, you know, obviously uh, tons of unhoused members of our community that live down there uh, and hang out down there. But we're going to apartments, uh, you know, people who have been stranded in Denver because they took the bus here, um, individuals in different camps downtown. Um, we've been super, super busy. And- and yeah. I know there's been some concern among the community that the STAR program is still an arm of the city government and is focused too much on downtown, which some critics is believed to appease business interests and ends up marginalizing people of color in other neighborhoods. How would you respond to that? Yeah, um, I really, really, really look forward to expanding this um, throughout the whole city. We recognize that there's areas of the city we're not making it to right now or, you know, populations that could be served in a positive way by STAR. I think our idea with the pilot was to start small so that we could be nimble and flexible and really get a good idea of what this work looked like before we blew it up to a citywide response and and got into a situation where maybe things weren't working and we had this huge program that was difficult to kind of pivot. You know, I will say we do respond to calls from businesses. Also, I would say more so, you know, individuals calling in and and needing help. I'm not a city employee. I work for a non-for-profit. You know, this is work is really my true passion. And I'm out there every day not to appease somebody sitting in an office, but to make sure that the members of our community are getting a trauma-informed response if they need to call 911. You know, I think more vans will be great. There's even calls, you know, downtown that we're not making it to because we only have one van. So really the idea of the pilot was to get a good idea of what this looked like and how the expansion needed to be informed with really good data. Carly, thank you so much. Of course, Bree. Thank you. I really appreciate it. The city of Denver is currently discussing a massive expansion of the STAR program. They've got plans to add three more vans and provide services seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. The plans would also see star vans in more areas of the city, including southwest and northeast Denver. And they're saying all that could begin as soon as the end of the summer. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. We're going to have more on that star program as it develops this summer. Stay tuned for that, but also subscribe to our morning newsletter at denver.citycast.fm slash newsletter for more. And we'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Until then, see you all on the internet. More smiling, less smiling.